0: Log Radio. Through this song, I remember and celebrate the lives of Zambia's unsung heroes. I remember Robinson Puta, Titus Mukupo, Lawrence Katilongu, Michael Chileshe, Patu Simoko, Timimim Teddy Chilambe, Spokes Chola, Branch Wangu, Godfrey Chitaluk, Alex Chola, and the unnamed mothers, daughters and sisters that have inspired us all for the greater good of this country. So hear me out.
1: And we do appreciate you from whichever part of the world you are listening to It is 10.02 Eastern Time, 9.02 Central We are broadcasting to you from Dallas, Texas I'll be your host this morning And my name is uh, Nathan Inkama Before we welcome our guest who has already called in from Zambia Let me welcome and say hello to my colleagues, our friends in Canada, the people in the north,
2: hello, Roger. Yeah, it's getting windy, signs of good or bad things to come, show uh, showing. Uh-huh, <coughs> okay, all right. Yeah. And uh, the people from the
1: Sunshine State, Florida, hi, Matilda.
3: Hello, good morning, I'm fine, how are you?
1: Excellent, excellent. We have a great show today. We're just building up from what we did last weekend. It's, uh, what do they call the mid states? Is that what they call Northwest Indiana? Good morning, uh, Noah. How are you today? Good morning, listeners. Morning, everyone. The Midwest is perfectly sunny and well. Excellent. All right. Then uh, let's get to business and... uh, We have a great discussion today, uh, discussing issues to do relating to governance and uh, our great country, Zambia. Uh, Joining us today uh, is Mr. Gilbert Temba. He is the founder and chairman of the Management Committee of our Civic Duty Association, or in, in short, OSIDA. And uh, who, whose overall objective is advocacy, promotion, and we'll let Mr. Temba explain that. Mr. Temba is a mining nearby profession with extensive managerial, managerial experience in the Zambian mining industry and other diverse local and international enterprises. Uh, Mr. Temba, good afternoon, and thank you for joining us. Uh,
4: Nathan, good afternoon. Uh, Thank you for hosting me today. How are
1: you? How is Lusaka? Uh,
4: Well, uh, today we are blessed. We've got very good weather here in Lusaka. We've just Mm -hmm. gone through the winter period, and uh, things are looking very bright. Uh, I think uh, I only admire my colleagues I've just been listening to in America,
0: who also seem Uh to be enjoying
4: good weather. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, and also looking forward
4: to the election in November.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know, right? No, we are fine. The, the, the parallels of Zambia and America, I love it when we are. all oh, both countries are, are are looking forward to the to the election period. Like I told you when when we spoke the other day, that uh, I look yeah. at our honourable president. He, uh, Donald Trump has been cousins with our president, Ed Galungo, but that's yeah. a topic for another
0: day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Very> <laughs> you, yeah.
1: yeah. Let, let's begin this discussion. We are, I want us to cover a lot of ground, because uh, Zambia's current mm-hmm. situation is not a Zambia. Uh, those of us who've been around for a while have known. Um, OSIDA, mm-hmm. uh, our Civic Duty Association... Uh, civic mm-hmm. duty, Mr. Temba, is every citizen's responsibility. Uh, why did you decide to form or make mm-hmm. it into an organization? Yeah.
4: Again, um I say thank you for giving this great opportunity to share uh, the vision and mission of OSIDA, uh, why it was created mm-hmm. and so on, plus other matters related to governance, which I talk about. It is yes. very true, to answer your first question, that it is the responsibility of every citizen in the country, uh, and it's an obligation uh, to um, to participate in, in their civic duties to the country. For example, yes. in many ways they do it, they pay taxes, they contribute to the economic development by working, they participate in governance in elections, select the leaders. That is a civic responsibility. There are, all, uh, these are not all uh, just uh, a few uh, responsibilities that uh, individual citizens have to undertake. However, mm-hmm. the question is, why, how come, then, why that? I would probably answer that, uh, just like any political party who mobilise and lobby the citizens to vote for them into office for the singular purpose of seeking political power to govern, OCDA's mission mm. is equally to mobilize citizens to participate in politics as their inalienable right and civic responsibility, but on a collective platform. This is the only collective and effective means we believe citizens can be heard. Uh, please mm. note that um, the only difference with political parties in this regard, I would say, is that um, OCDA mobilizes on a non partisan basis. In this case, OSIDA is providing, I believe, the biggest and widest platform than mm-hmm. any political party in Zambia uh, that uh, can provide for citizens to participate in political and economic matters of the country. As a matter of critical observation, I'm sure you've seen this, less than 60 percent of Zambian electorates regularly participate in elections. This is not sufficient participation by our citizens effectively interrogate governance matters, even past elections. Why is it? Mm-hmm. We believe it's because this large, silent number of electorates have lost confidence in political parties because of the manner political parties are structured and how they subsequently fail to deliver when they are elected into government. In a in a, in a sum up, that's what I would say, why OCDA is to create a platform the widest uh, participation of um, Zambians
1: in governance issues and, of course, economic issues. Okay. So, see that Mr. Temba, is being spearheaded by senior, or the phrase that I saw written somewhere, is retired citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, who made that first phone call and started mobilizing everybody?
0: <laughs>
4: That's a very interesting question sometimes. Uh, I forget the genesis, but um, I believe it all started in what I would call bedrooms of some of these senior citizens who were complaining to their (laughs) wives and husbands about Mm -hmm. the evidently deteriorating governance and economic standards in our country over the recent years, and particularly Mm -hmm. under the P.F. government. They were wondering if this was the same country they had laid their lives for to liberate from the British colonialism. I believe it's out of their bedrooms that this satisfaction moved to social gatherings, including social media, and occasionally mm-hmm. from time to time from these senior citizens in the print media. One of them uh, I salute, uh, Mr. Simon Zuckers, who is 95 years today. I think gathered enough wow. courage and stopped complaining to his wife. <laughs> he called <laughs> a few of <laughs> us, the younger ones, of uh? course, and wondered if we lived out of Zambia not to have noticed the strange things that were happening in the country. I would say that's how Osida was born. It was at the inspiration of this great son of Zambia that I am mm. proud to have quickly responded and uh, gathered a
1: few friends of mine, and we founded Sida Okay. Mr. Zoukas never wants to keep quiet, does he? <laughs> <laughs> well, the question I ask
4: myself, if a 95-year-old man exactly, he, done his bit in politics and in business mm. can he still come back, who am I not to see these things? His only interest is to see a land which is truly democratic, uh, free, yes. freedom of speech, uh, supported, and so on. So I think, uh, give him credit. Uh, I think he would die while talking. And uh, just the other day, he issued mm-hmm. a very comprehensive statement on what RoCDA is going to do, including that uh, we shall campaign uh, for President Lung's non-participation in the coming election. As you know, he has been legally challenged. So he says that's one of our missions. You can see okay. he's very committed to good governance. Yeah, uh, it's very
1: true. <clears throat> like I was saying in September for. For so somebody who's 95 years, I mean, I'm very young, and I I can tell the difference of uh, the the Zambia that I grew up and was born in mm. and the Zambia today. I mean, like you have said, yourself, yeah. who are you? If a 95-year-old man can come back and say no. Yeah. I mean, for a 50-year-old and a 95-year-old man, I think he has seen more than <laughs> I have probably seen. <laughs> And he's mm-hmm. saying to himself, yeah, yes. yeah, it's very really true. Um, t- to my colleagues, uh, if you need to jump in, I want us to make this uh, discussion. And, uh, and let's interact with Mr. Temba and uh, and uh, what do you call it, uh, make this interaction. We're talking to Mr. Gilbert Temba. Uh, is the founding chairperson of the management committee of our civic duty association. In short, Dr. Kasonso Osid, I'm sure you have seen this on, the, on some platform somewhere. My next question is the one thing I've observed, Mr. Temba, is that in our Zambian political and governance process, um, it's almost impossible to influence things uh, good governance, sound economic management, which I believe some of the objectives of the organization. If you are not in government, connected with a ruling party, uh, how does Oceda intend to achieve this goal? Thank
4: you. That is a question, in fact, a lot of people have been asking, what's the use of simply operating like any other NGO? We believe that Oceda should create a paradigm shift in the way politics are conducted in Zambia. And for your information, we believe that um, good governance starts with um, the electorate putting into Mm. office good quality leadership which responds to various challenges of governance, economic management, and so on. So we will start, uh, uh, we want to start this year Uh, in the next 12 months with a massive civic education of the electorate so that they can take firm control of the elections in determining the election issues and the type Mm -hmm. of people who should stand for election, meaning what type of leadership. They must turn out, first in large numbers, to vote next year and, of course, another election. But most importantly, to scrutinize those seeking office Mm. uh, and, and who are seeking their vote. So, CEDA will undertake massive civic education uh, on the voters to determine, so that they can also determine their own manifestos, which mm-hmm. they can then mirror with the prospective candidates. As you are aware, um, today, uh, a, 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 a person who wants stand for office at constituency, warden, the presidential level, goes to the electorates and reads them out a manifesto which they think will resonate with the electorate. But invariably, it's a wrong manifesto. And because they even failed to deliver that manifesto adequately, what do they do? Instead, they will take campaign materials, such as extended materials, medium meals, stolen money, et cetera, and uh, campaign on on that basis. We are now telling the electorate that you should politely accept these stolen goods and money but do it, don't cower on such candidates. For the benefit of the <laughs> listeners there, I'm sure most of them remember Don't cower slogan. <laughs> yes, <we. laughs> which was coined, in fact, by the PF when yes. they beat MMD. We are saying anyone who comes there and the message is just bring you so-called immediate benefits. Mm. Politely accept these benefits, but vote against them. This is a quality of a poor leader. This is the quality of the leader of law integrity. So this is the kind of message you shall be preaching throughout the campaign period, any campaign period for that matter. And we believe in this way, Osida will influence the choice of the right
0: candidates, and mm-hmm. the
4: briefs, of course, into office, and the outcome of election in, it, in this manner. We believe Rosado also influence then governance standards of any future government. So we are focusing on leadership, quality of leadership in this election to ensure that we at least achieve uh, uh, leadership, which is not uh, simply partisan-influenced uh, to, to be voted into office. So that is one of our attempts in um, impacting on governance going forward.
1: Okay, that's a a mammoth task. Um, That's a mammoth task, Mr. Temba. Our politics are 105% partisan enshrined, and uh, you are basically voting Mm -hmm. a party into office and not an individual. But that sounds very good, and I think we can push on uh, people who stand for elections to be uh, credible people. Let's, uh, the Mm. the diaspora, most of the diaspora people we are
4: listening Mm.
1: to about OCIDA and what it stands for uh, for the first time. Let's discuss the objectives and uh, what OCIDA stands for. Share with us some of the objectives of the organization.
4: Yeah. Yeah, just to comment uh, about the last point uh, you raised, uh, Mm. Nathan. You know, in today's parliament, and for the first time, of, out of 157 members of parliament, we have mm. 14 independents. These independents wow. won on the basis of personalities, individual personalities, and we've seen this trend. Meaning, they didn't agree with the manifesto of either PF or UPN. They they have their own individual manifestos.
2: We think we yeah. can
4: influence equally the voters, to vote for more and more independents who subscribe to good governance principles, who genuinely are committed to good, sound economic management, things like that. So I think Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's a long journey, but I think we can achieve a lot. Now, what is Ossida's mission? What is Ossida's vision? Uh, Again, Mm -hmm. its vision, really, is... To promote good governance and sound economic management in our country. Both issues are the, what I would call the current elephants in the room, because in mm-hmm. both areas there's been substantial deterioration. Pure death on governance, we can talk about constitution making, constitutionalism. You've probably heard of the current debate, so-called Bill 10. Yes. Uh, this is the worst piece of legislation that the PF government, I think, wants to introduce to amend the constitution. In 2016, after many, many years of constitution-making processes, we thought that we had achieved quite a good constitution, superintendent upon by incumbent uh, uh, President Lungu. And he was hailed yeah. as a, a truly democratic uh, leader who brought in quite substantial democratic changes in the Constitution. Alas, just hardly three, four years, what happens? He wants to reverse, PF wants to reverse all those forward-looking changes. For example, we had a majoritarian clause enshrined in the Constitution. He wants to remove that, but to get first past the post. So we, we think that... Um, uh, our focus in the area of governance is critical. Equally mm. on the economic management, uh, I think uh, it's not a secret that Zambia at the moment is on its knees, sliding into severe economic malaise, all on account of poor economic management. We've accumulated the highest international debt as Zambia uh, in the issue mm. of this country's independence. We owe the international community $11 billion. We owe the local community another $5 billion, uh, $16 billion. That's the official figure, but I believe it is much higher. Now, where has all this money gone? No one can truly account for it. Uh, we hear the government talking about massive infrastructure development, but I would like to challenge them. Can they demonstrate where the $11 million went? road project by road project, infrastructure by infrastructure. It is not there. Most of it has been lost through corruption, but most significantly mm-hmm. overpricing because the loans came directly without tenders from mainly the Chinese government and there were no tenders. So it's this kind of mismanagement which has led to severe degradation of our economy. So OCDA's vision mission basically is to focus on. Uh, Improvement in our governance and uh, uh, economic management. That's basically the... uh, And then, of course, with the rollout programs, like I mentioned, of civic education, engaging the public to learn and understand the challenges posed by these um, uh, inherent weaknesses that have developed in our economy.
1: So that's basically the purpose and mission vision of uh, OSIDA. Okay. One of the things that all of us will, will definitely agree to what you have said, Mr. Temba, is mm, mm-hmm. though the 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 debt that the nation has accumulated, without pointing to specific things on how that money has been used. Um, why do you think we prefer to? deal with what we call foreign investors or foreign investment rather than empower our own citizens. That is something mm. that I've never understood over the years. Mm.
4: Well, you know, in fact uh, I would answer to that that in a liberalized economy such as ours FDIs is mm. uh, be equally welcome, but so should indigenous investment, as you rightly point out. Why have we failed to attract uh, massive indigenous investment or participation in the economy? I think the failure by government to encourage local investment is because of their failure to grow and sustain economic growth since 2011. A vibrant economy creates a supportive financial sector which is amenable mm-hmm. to lend to local entrepreneurs for them to invest. Because of underperforming economy, bank lending to the private sector is best described at the moment as non-existent. Um, and if at all one had to access any funding from the bank, uh, you would be paying interest rates which are abnormal, not sustainable anywhere in the world. Who has caused these banking lending rates to rise to these astronomical levels? It is the government itself, which mm. has been crowding out available financial resources from the financial market uh, by itself uh, and denying the, the private institutions and, and the investors to access this money. To me, it is simply the economic management. Um, yes, I can go and borrow money, but I can tell you, There is no investment I'll put in which will give me the return, even to pay the interest rates alone. So it's the whole economic management. For the foreign Mm. investors, they walk in with foreign exchange, and they are guaranteed uh, repayment in foreign exchange if it's loans and so on. So somehow they they hedge. Although uh, I think you've been following. Uh, most of this foreign direct investment is dwindling anyway because of mm. lack of rule of law, which subject I know I would like to talk about in a while. So mm. it's not so much government preferring foreign direct investment. They have no choice. They go there because there's nothing locally. Local people are not able to mobilize capital resources to invest in uh, capital
5: infrastructure
4: spending. So I would put it more at poor management of the economy than the the foreign direct investment pushing out uh, uh, local empowerment, including the diaspora. Um, I can assure you, if you came in tomorrow uh, from there with, let's say, half a million dollars, you want to invest in our economy. The first thing mm-hmm. you look at as an investor even as a, is the rule of law, of course, which is being torn to pieces every day. Your investment is not safe. Your investment is not guaranteed. That's my view from an economic point of view. So, you probably take the same money and go and invest in Timbuktu or someplace where your investment returns are guaranteed, where there is no interference from government, where there are no challenges of nationalization. As you've noticed, um, I think PF have embarked on a renationalization of all private assets. And the examples abound, I can mention. Many major companies that have been renationalized nice. They don't want to use the word nationalization. sounds dirty. But in practice, that's what they've been doing. So even the foreign direct investment now is very threatened.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay.
1: My, my colleague wants to jump in here, Mr. Temp, from Canada. Your second home.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mr. Timber. Welcome to Zambia Block Talk Radio. Uh, Listening to how well you are outlining the challenges our country is facing under PF. And in the same breath, you say you want to be non-partisan. To me, that is not uh, reconciling very well. Um, For full disclosure, uh, right now, like you've just challenged us, There is a 95-year-old man who said enough is enough. I don't want to pretend as a radio man. I'm going full swing to support UPND. Uh, For one reason, UPND has the closest number which can remove the current party. Why, therefore, don't you just endorse, stand on something? Mm. We are not uh, um, UPND members. But we are endorsing UPND for so and so reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. being nonpartisan to me, I'm not sure even the way to use. There are only two parties, probably formidable parties in Zambia. So that mm-hmm. is as good as mm-hmm. wasting a vote. You are wasting a vote. Mm-hmm. Can you make your vote, Mr. Temba and the group, count right now?
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you very much. We, that question has always been posed since we formed OCIDA. Why, when you understand the challenges at hand that have been created by PF's mismanagement, why not just face them in the election and have them removed? And also the fact that, yes, UPND is a front runner. They are the largest opposition, and very likely, form, in my view, they'll form the next government. Now, the challenge we had uh, to form a political party or even to pronounce that we will support osida mm-hmm. There is, a, 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 from our analysis, about 50% of the electorates who have lost complete confidence in politics and political parties. Substantial amount of people have lost confidence. Every election, if you check, particularly in by election, the turnout uh, of voting is around 40 to 50 percent. So, why? Why are these 60 uh, percent, 56 percent, not participating to elect either UPN or OP, PF? Our analysis showed that, as uh, I said, people have lost confidence. What we think we are doing, and ironically, in fact, it helps the opposition is pointing out the weaknesses of the incumbent and their inability to govern. Naturally, I don't see, if I preach that, any sensible thinking person, where, where would they lay their vote? To be a miracle that they would lay it on the failed government, such as we have. They would always put on the opposition. Now, we can't fully prescribe and say, go and put your vote. I have a vote of your batemba. Mr. Zukas has a vote. Everyone has Mm. a vote, I am sure. I'll vote on a personal basis. But we thought it's fair to be able also to give the people, to examine even UPNB, to examine their policies. I mentioned that uh, we will be campaigning to the uh, electorate to ensure they scrutinize and measure the integrity capacity of the people to be elected. I think when you refer to UPN, you're actually talking about as a good leader and so on and so forth. It takes doesn't take one person to provide good governance. It takes a team. It takes the caliber quality of their people. I think I would like the people to put to test also uh, UPN's own uh, quality of leadership and so on by doing what we're trying to do. We want the people to Interrogate, question the individual leaders and leaderships uh, during the election. So, I think at the end of the day, don't forget. Um, when PF came into power, they campaigned on the platform of pro-poor. They would reduce mm-hmm. taxes. They will do this and so on and so forth. They even said that they will create a new constitution within uh, ninety days. And what happened? Everyone, including myself, we swung and voted for PF in huge numbers. The rest is history. What has happened today? We believe that uh, part of the weakness of, or rather, PF's failure to achieve those objectives was we have also an inherently weak governance system in the Constitution and so on. For example, you know we don't have a recall system in our governance system. So when the president assumes office, No matter how he performs, he's gone. You can't bring him back. If Mr. Khandi came in and changed his mind, we shall start crying. So we we believe we should focus on the governance instruments. And going forward, if we can um, change most of these governance instruments, for example, reducing the powers of the presidency to the minimum as required by law uh, for the president, we'll have achieved a lot. So I think um, I would hesitate that. In, in the desperation to remove PF, we don't want to do what we did uh, with MMD. You um. may recall that MMD in 2011 had the best performance economic, economic record. GDP in the time of Mr. Band had stayed at 6%, for, 6, 7% growth for a long time. Inflation was coming down. Economic performance was excellent. What has happened since P.F. in? There has been complete decline. All the economic indicators have collapsed. So I think one has got to be absolutely sure, and I would rather uh, not do something that we've done before, uh, like we did in 1991, where we said, if it's Kaunda, we'll vote for a tree. And we did. yes. (laughs) M M D performed in many ways and also failed in many ways. So I think we should also be mindful that we don't just elect somebody to get rid of somebody. We need to be very careful going forward. And foresee that we're not looking at twenty twenty one as a be or end of activities. We shall go beyond. Our idea mm-hmm. is not just to remove bad governments, but also to create good governments. Now I'm going in the future. So I understand your sentiments. These have been spoken to us. There are many people who are simply saying, don't waste our time. We just want to remove this government and replace it ideally with um, UPMD. And I understand those sentiments. But we are saying, be cautious. Mm -hmm. Don't just elect a party to remove another party. Examine very carefully that party, its leadership, its policies, and giving them vote on the basis of what you believe truly they will do. And I can assure you, a lot of people today in the opposition have said it's UPND for a very good reason. UPND the, 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 are the leading opposition. And even if you take the other opposition like Ambuid and so on, they are even place to work with UPND because they believe that's the right direction to go. On.
2: I think that's. Let, our, you, let um, me do a follow up. That is a, uh, a wonderful um, answer, Mr. Temba, you have given. I, I still go back to. Um, 95-year-old Mr. Zoukas, and to those you've <laughs> uh, said, uh, yeah, those who you are, you've said are saying they've lost uh, uh, confidence uh, in uh, politics per se. Obama recently um, told uh, in, in his speech uh, the Democratic Convention, he, he said uh, By staying away, he was telling either the young people or those who have become cynical about politics. By staying away, Mm -hmm. it does not mean these people are going to go in uh, government. We will not make decisions which are going to affect you. So, in short, he was just saying, you are just being dumb. If you don't get involved, you are just being dumb. Because these people will make decisions, and guess what? At the bus station, mm-hmm. you are just—you are also going to be complaining about the price of gas. So mm-hmm. it's either you complain right. about fuel or you shut up or you do something about it.
4: <laughs> That's right.
2: Or you do something ab- well, about it. in fact,
4: it. Uh, it,
2: yeah,
4: yeah. we doing something about it. One of the campaigns we are undertaking in the election is we are encouraging as many people to vote. Why? If you have a narrow government based on uh, 50% turnout, there is a question mm-hmm. of legitimacy. Two, our experience, uh-huh. if you have massive voter turnout, invariably there's a change, and we've seen this. Yeah, before, yes. yeah. And our major yeah. campaign is to have as many... We've been encouraging people to... Right now, let me tell you what you're doing. As you know, there is... Um, voter registration exercise taking place, which is a bit flawed. We have, we have gone on the ground campaigning for as many people to register. That's where true democracy starts from. So with respect to why not just uh, again change and pull and put our resources on, on this political party, I think my explanation was based on the fact that um, our, I believe my role is to educate maybe the so-called unfortunate electors who are swayed by extending material, not to take mm-hmm. the material and vote for that person, but to vote wisely. Now, to vote wisely in this current arrangement, if I was a voter, I have now on the plate PF, UPNB, PF probably will be saying our platform, manifesto platform is... Massive infrastructure development. UPND will say, no, we shall focus on human development, we shall provide jobs, we shall do this, and so on. I would question first, PF now tell me uh, what massive infrastructure development means and what is the benefit to human development. Okay? I will question UPND, good, what is your plan for creation of jobs? What is your plan for, We need to look at the long term, not 2021. It would be dangerous Mm -hmm. just to focus on 21. Again, I want to repeat, it's very easy to throw, I mean, to to do what we did to Kaunda. That was correct. And then the question was, who do you vote for? People said even a tree would do for me, (laughs) meaning we wanted to get rid of this bad government. So I think beyond this, we must consider what happens after election. I would like to create a, an electorate which demands accountability, even for the future government. Put them on a pedestal and say, if you do this, we shall do what we did. The there has to be either a recall system. There has to be a way of ensuring that the members of parliament we elect are not 100% partisan. They, they are responsible to the people. They are not responsible to their party. That is the kind of education we want to embark on. So I think change in my view, is necessary for 2021, but change must be predicated on uh, something which will guarantee better management of the economy. And, better, and the, I think uh, the people have the right to interrogate UPND, uh, Harry Calabas Party, and so on, exactly what they will do. They have never been in government to be tested, so people rely on their promises and commitments. I think one can say that, uh, read my lips, don't listen mm-hmm. to what I say, carefully. So I would hope that um, we will mount that kind of campaign. And the people resonate. And we notice that people, certain people are very good responding, as they did in 1991, as they did, of course, 2011. So I wouldn't worry much about OCDA's position as such. I think we've put in sufficient effort to educate the people correctly.
2: Mm-hmm. Last question, Nathan. Um, L- last question. Can, can Mr. Temba tell us the, mo- the, the, the mood? Oh, oh, you yeah, have more time. The mood in the in the in the country, uh, Mr. Temba. What you do yeah. what you do you say? Especially Lusaka and the Copper Belt. That's my last question. Sorry, Miss me, me, Lucas. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Mm. Thank you.
4: The- Oh, yeah, the, the lady, I would love to hear a question. But anyway, an <laughs>
0: the,
4: mood, the mood is uh, politically very bad, very bad, and I'm being as honest as I can. I think uh, people are fatigued with the PF government in its conduct of uh, governance. They are so fatigued that the uh, majority of them are just counting the days for change. That is as honest as I can be. And uh, <clears throat> where I'm sitting at home, <laughs> excuse me, I have uh, uh, people working for me here. In 192011, 2011, they used to wear Mr. Sutter's badge coming to work. And that's mm. four or five of them. And they used to wear, instead of wearing my home uniform. They were wearing PF regalia.
0: <laughs>
4: the same people here, maybe mine, one or two, are now wearing UPND regalia. Uh, openly, which was unthinkable a while ago. That is how desperate people want to change, because they believe that uh, PF have underperformed significantly. And there is evidence to that, economic management, governance, uh, to say the least, it's been a disaster. You yourselves in the diaspora are able to follow what's happening. So that's how I will describe the mood, particularly in Lusaka and the urban areas. Maybe in the rural areas, people take time to change. They are not as well informed. Our poor brothers out there, but not along the line of rail. I think people are very determined to change the government. Wonderful.
0: Hmm.
4: <laughs> okay, until then. there was a question. I think from <clears throat> if we can. Thank
3: you so much. Sorry, Neth, and no. Uh... All right. Uh, good afternoon and good morning, everybody who's listening. My name is Matilda Lucas, uh, and um, thank you, Mr. Temba, for coming on the show. Everything you have said has been so enlightening. So um, my question, or it's a comment type of question, mm-hmm. is um, in the past, uh, political parties like to encourage the youth in, before elections in such a way that they feel so empowered. But by the time the elections come, the youth do their part, the political party, whichever one you want to choose, uh, comes on, the youth are forgotten. So this time around, uh, what kind of programs are there to ensure that the youth are not just used for their votes? You know, uh, this happened when I was back in the UNIP MMD days, I was a youth. Man, we were excited. <laughs> but when pushed into <laughs> shove, they shoved us, you know. Yeah. So, um, and yeah. this is happening now. The youth these days are more vocal than we were back then. But uh, what programs mm-hmm. are there for the youth, and how do you plan to incorporate them moving forward? Good, yeah.
4: very good question. In fact, uh, I'm glad you give me the opportunity to comment on what we believe uh, is the role of the youth. And not just Cedar, by the country. Uh, very quickly, you, you heard a story once when uh, some youths tried to demonstrate. Recently, they were stopped. They had to go in the bush to air their grievances. It was the most embarrassing moment for us as a country where we literally nailed on the necks, to use the famous American uh, George Floyd thing, they they couldn't breathe. That was very embarrassing. And uh, as OSIDA, when we launched, we pronounced that um, OSIDA should be for the younger generation, not just to participate, but in fact to take leadership. I mentioned that the people who started this organization, uh, in fact, the registered trustees, all of them are above 70. For some of us who are uh, early 70s, we are the next stage. Now, we do have in our uh, directorate uh, a youth development wing, and that wing will not be occupied by anybody above 30. Mm-hmm. We want the youth to design programs and which OCD should finance and support. Tragically, it is a long shot because, it starts off as a long way because, the government itself, even in the Constitution, they don't have anything on the youth development. It is just a cliché, just clichés they have. We think that the youths must design their own program, not us. I have no right to say how I would like the youths to develop. First, youths are more computer-savvy, they are well-traveled, they're well-educated. If Zambia is going to go forward. I think it needs youthful, young leadership. Uh, to Just to illustrate this, I don't know whether you remember uh, at Independence how old K- Kenneth Kaunda was as the president of this country. He was 39. And his cabinet average age was 35. Can you imagine? Uh, I'm sure, Mom, you must be older than 30. But these young people yes, I... took over government from the colonialists, uh, they took over government from the colonialists, and they did wonders because uh, without them, I think some of us would not even be talking because I would never have gone to invest. I was educated by the counter uh, plans, so and then they created massive infrastructure, not not what PF is talking about now. So in my view, the youth, we should not be saying future leaders; we should be saying leaders now. Uh, I am. A strong proponent who has said in the Constitution, we should probably put it close that anybody above 60 should not uh, qualify to stand as president of Zambia. So we are very committed to bringing, but we don't want to design programs for them. Right now they are busy working on their own internal manifesto as uh, young people, because only they know what they want best, and we shall support those kind of programs as Oceda. Okay.
3: Thank you so mm-hmm. much for that response. Um, and just this is just a comment, and I'll let other uh, callers ask their questions. I think when the youth try to mm-hmm. do things, or when they are told they can do this, the in quotation marks, the tradition aspect of it comes in to say, you should ask questions question. You know, it's like we revert. You say you can do, it. and then when we, are, we we are doing it, then you are like, ah, oh, well, no, well, no, no, no. Ask Avakalamba, and yes, I am uh, over thirty, in fact, over forty. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Uh,
4: there you are. You should have been president of retired by now.
3: <laughs>
4: no, there is one point where this again cultural thing we have, eh? Yeah. We, we, you know, unfortunately, uh, I don't know Zambia. We have these cultural challenges, uh, including women. The way we deal with women. Uh, you know, even if you have a child today and there's a boy and a girl in your house, you always say it the boy, don't wash plates, that's for the girls. With a girl, you say, go and help mommy to wash dishes. It's so it starts with our own homes, our own inherently cultural weaknesses. Eh? We don't believe that in our context. You read this in Denver. You find a 50-year-old son living in a uh, father's house, he was if allowed it, we should have a paradigm shift in that area. And that requires massive education, starting in primary schools, that women as good as men, women should do mm. what men do. Young people are the, not future, but leaders of today, not use them as cadres. So it's a paradigm shift. But in Osida, we believe that it's the only way to go is to start massive education. Both, if, if, let's say, Osida was government today, Number one, I would set up massive education <coughs> curriculum for gender balance, for youth development, in schools, not outside. I would set up a financial inclusion system for uh, uh, 14-year-old boys, how to save money, how to look after themselves. It has to be implemented as a policy. I think you had asked the earlier question, so, so what? What will we see them do if they don't get involved in government? We believe that uh, OSIDA can get involved through support of good quality uh, proven leadership. It is the only way, because uh, if we do cadaverism we shall end up with the same type of
1: uh, political leaders. And I don't need to mention them, you've seen for yourselves. Mr. Temba, before, I, before the other colleagues come in who have called in and those listening online, mm. I want to take you back to something about right. this issue of the type of people that, who stand for elections or for elective office. You made a very important point to say mm. when Mr. Banda was president, the GDP was that percentage. And so right. the, the, the dilemma... I'm looking at here is good GDP, poor management or characters engaging in things that are frustrating and upsetting the country. So these people have have presented a good economy and things economically are going okay, but there seem to be a lot of unpleasant stuff going on. So when it comes to electing who takes mm. over, how do you reconcile that? Mm. Well, the again,
4: l- let me take a very holistic approach. Mm. Um, civic education of the voters is cardinal. I yes. know you said that, um, but if you go in many parts, people still vote for the party, because of the color. I don't necessarily follow because we changed government in 1991 with the same electorate, uneducated electorate. We changed government in 2011. We the same electorate. Mm. But they had to be taken to the extremes of uh, West governance, both in Kaunda's era and uh, even in Uganda's uh, in era. Now, unfortunately, most of our people don't link uh, their economic challenges to poor economic management. For some reason, ordinary people would even say, uh, "Let's say, Buana you employ a young lady or young man at your house, and uh, you pay him so much, then the the price of bread go up." Mm-hmm. The first thing they do is to come and say, "Buana, you non know, dileni not pia na na but I've never heard anyone say, Nico, we'll wish no, they don't link the bad economic policy to the price of goods. Like now, due to this huge debt, we have no foreign exchange, meaning imported goods prices go up like fuel. Naturally, mm-hmm. prices go up. Many people can't see that link. It's a major challenge. Until it hits their pocket so much, there's nowhere to go because even I am not able to raise myself and salary my people salaries because I've run out. I'm also equally affected. So it requires um, long term education of our people that what happens with your life is politically driven. Your quality of life is politically driven. Your ability to send kids to school to go to a good hospital is politically Driven like you've seen in America,
0: so it's a long uh-huh.
4: haul, uh, and I'm not pretending that um, it's something that change people about. But we want to do it for the long term, not just for 2021. 2021, I have no doubt there'll be change of government. I have no doubt whatsoever, unless I live in a strange country.
1: But <laughs> we
4: don't want even in the future for people to change government for the sake of just they don't like that guy's what has yeah. happened, and then the incoming one? What can you do? And also, the lesson to the incoming leaders will be: Ah, Zambians now have woken up. If I sleep up here, I'm out. They must be uh, politicians. Must be accountable, and equally, they must be removed from the office easily. There is no provisional constitution to remove bad leadership from office. I don't know whether you're aware of that. It's almost impossible. Mm. So it is training people that they have the civic rights. It's their uh, obligation. It's their civic duty to be able to take government, any government to task and be able to show them a red card, not just a red, a yellow card, but a red card, to remove them mm-hmm. if they're underperforming. So it is this kind of education that we want to embark on. And that's where some people have been disappointed. Was at a time like this, why don't we just go straight into politics and
1: vote these guys out.
4: (laughs) So that's what's been happening.
1: One of the things, Mr. Temba, is uh, uh, like you alluded to, uh, the rule of law. That's something I'm very strong on. Uh, Mm -hmm. The other thing that I really hate with Mm -hmm. the passion of my heart and life is by elections. I cannot stand Mm -hmm. by elections. Um, This, yeah. Somebody yeah. made a statement and they said, like you are saying, let's not just have change for the sake of change. And somebody, I also heard somebody mention, I won't mention their names, or national, Zambia national media, they said, mm-hmm. the nation is tired of both parties, PF and UPND. It's like, they are saying, let's have, the point I'm trying to make here is, like my friend Roger alluded to, you mm-hmm. are on the ground. Let's address this lawlessness being exhibited by PF cadres and UPND Mm. cadres. To what extent? Mm. I want you to comment on this. Like we are, to what extent can we allow this to render the police ineffective? I mean, I've seen videos Mm. of Mm. cadres just—I mean—totally disrespecting and making a police (laughs) officer look like. he <laughs> has just borrowed a uniform. He's not a police officer, you know. <laughs> How are we going to deal with
0: that? Yeah. You know that,
4: yeah I think now, uh, let, yeah, let's, let me just talk about that rule of law in that context.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, because there's so many areas where the rule of law has collapsed. And there's a non-existent example. But let's talk about that where terrorism, which is very dangerous, has taken over. The management of our affairs. Uh, I'll give you a simple example. Uh, I live um, very close to Greatest Road, if you remember. Greatest Road is the Carriageway. One day, I was driving from my office, coming home on Greatest Road. Suddenly, I noticed the cars in front of me were pushing themselves into, into the left lane, out of the three lane and stopping and flashing their lights. Then suddenly, I saw in front of me. Mini minibuses full of all sorts of people, banging the sides, brandishing guns, brandishing coming in our line. In other words, now they have occupied both lanes and driving. Wow. The convoy of about 10 minibuses. And they were insulting, get out of the road, get out of the road. We are the power. I first, I didn't know. I thought it was it's a military corps or something, but it wasn't. It was PF cutters. They had just come from the airport escorting the president, And guess which vehicles were behind them? A police vehicle escorting them. I said to myself, God help us. We've reached the end of our sensibility. We've reached the end of freedom of movement. If a car can block a road and just throw me off the road and then Mm. pass casually and so on, and escorted by the police. Now, what has happened? My view is this: the uh, the PF government have destroyed all institutions of governance which provide good governance. The police, electoral commission of Zambia, uh, anti-corruption commission, including economic institutions like Bank of Zambia, they have just rubbish them. Particularly security wings, they have destroyed them. That's why even policemen know what to do best when they're confronted by P.F. Kada. They fear to lose their jobs. They are so scared. It was a very embarrassing incident recently where a youth Kada stormed the police headquarters in Lusaka, brandishing.
1: Okay. Uh, his line has dropped. I hope um, he hasn't...
2: Uh, uh, Run out of uh, uh, well, it's it's it's, it's one uh, one hour. A lot of these um, uh, connections just after one hour they drop, uh huh. Mm. Yeah,
0: so let's wait and
1: see if he will he will he will will call back in. Um, good morning. Where where is Dr. Patrick? I saw Dr. Patrick here, Dr. Patrick. You see, here is my comment to some of the things that you have discussed, Roger. It reminds me of this issue we have, those of us who live in the United States. Um, is this Blair here? Uh, where you have white old men making laws for women. You, understand? you see the point I'm trying to make, Matilda? <laughs> This issue of, uh, hello, Madilda. I'm here. I'm here. So yes. yes,
3: I'm here. You,
1: you see, this point of white old men trying to make rules or laws <laughs> which affect women. Why? Huh? Right. Uh, what kind of nonsense is that? Okay, Mr. Temba is back. Continue, Mr. Temba. Uh, hello. I'm yes. Sorry, yes, I was offline for a little while. I was just
4: explaining about this lack of rule of law. I said the the problem is that um, all governance institutions that provide uh, the police, the electoral commission of Zambia, they have been uh, politicized completely by the appointment and the way they are conducted. That's the reason for this lack of rule of law in a nutshell. And until Mm. we create absolute independence for these important institutions of governance this will be the order of the day. And I would hope that even incoming government, the first thing it tackle to re independence of these, uh important uh, institutions of governance. Then the reason you are talking about will be a thing of the past.
1: Hmm. Before I let somebody else ask another question, one of the issues that I saw on the OCIDA write-up, Mr. Temba, is This issue of I I don't, I've even failed to, I've I've even stopped keeping up or counting the number of taxes that have been introduced and choking Mm. the citizens. Mm. I raised that issue Mm. to bring up this issue of uh, you, 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 you worked in the mining industry for many years, and and I know you are Mm. an entrepreneur and at very high-level management in positions in companies that you operate. What is the problem? Or where you. is the problem? Why do we fail to collect a meaningful tax from the multinational companies, the mm. mines in particular? Botswana does mm. it, Namibia does it. What is the problem with Zambia on taxation? Mm. Mm.
4: Yeah. Um I think the problem goes far beyond this phenomenon uh, of uh, who gets taxed what and uh, why is there an imbalance in collection mm. of taxes. And across the board, taxes in Zambia are punitive because of extremely low economic productivity in the country, yes. owing to this poor and deficient economic policies. That's what's important because. A performing economy demands lower taxes from, mm-hmm. citizens, from even corporates. It's like uh, production. The more you produce, you don't need to tax 50% to get the same absolute amount. You can tax a lower percentage and get the same absolute amount. So it is, you are taxing from a very small cake of productivity. And mm. in that score now, the one who has muscle to challenge you, like the mining industry, they get out with it. What muscle have I got? So I am the victim indeed. But the solution, you can, in fact, tomorrow, double the mining taxes and cancel the ordinary people's status. Still, government will not get enough money because it's a cake. Mm. Uh, to give you an example, production in the mining industry uh, two years ago, the mining industry produced 860,000 tons of copper. So you can imagine if, let's say, you are taxing 10%, you get so much. Last year, yes. the industry produced 750,000 tons. This year, it would be a miracle if they produced 700,000 tons.
0: There's wow. a
4: dwindling resource in terms of taxes. So even if, the only way you can... Re- get the same taxes as we got in 19. Uh, I mean 2018, is to increase the taxes mm-hmm. on the mining industry. But then the mining industry turns around and say, look, these taxes are not fair. International this is the acceptable level of tax. And you say, no, you're going to pay these taxes that they did on the mineral royalties. What does the mining industry do? They simply apply breaks, and they produce less. And that's what's happening now. The mines are okay. reacting to what they consider to be unfair taxes. That's why production has significantly gone down. So the answer is not so much to squeeze blood from even these the companies, but to encourage productivity, incentivize the country to be extremely productive. In fact, my argument is in Zambia is that uh, you are going to beat the industry to death. Why doesn't government incentivize creation of employment so they can be more taxed from people, plus the agricultural sector, build a very resilient agricultural sector, build a very strong um, tourism sector? Forget the mining industry. Ironically, mm. today the mining industry only contributes seven percent of GDP, but they produce 73% of the whole entire country's foreign exchange requirements.
5: It's, it's awful, wow.
4: and they'll hold you to ransom. So the solution is to divert the economy. You remember um, the diversification slogan started with KK.
0: Mm-hmm. What has
4: happened today? Zambia has never diversified. Politicians pay themselves. So it's economic management much more than uh, the tax paid by this guy mm-hmm. or that guy. Government does need taxes to develop or to pay wages and so on. But the cake is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. For your information, for example, we are now paying taxes of the, I mean, sorry, the, sorry, so just one second, I want to stop this The government is paying, I mean, of its budget this year, the government was planning to pay 40% of its budget allocation to service debt, 50% to pay civil service emoluments. Left with 10% for development. That's why there is this decline in GDP growth of projected between 5 and, five and uh, uh, 3 and 5% minus. So it's really the economy. It's a cake. The bigger the cake, taxes are no longer an issue. You can bring taxes to as low as. Look at uh, uh, Saudi Arabia and the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Gulf regions. People don't pay tax. Why? Because the productivity in that nation, from whatever it is, so big that they don't even uh, tax their their people. They don't in in, in uh, Dubai. There is no personal tax.
0: Mm. In Libya,
4: in in Mama Gaddafi days, instead of people paying tax, the government were paying them tax to send their kids to school. So I think that, that that's our comment on that. It's not so much. Division of who pays tax and who doesn't pay how much tax you are eventually going to skin everyone to death In trying to extract as much money from these people Yeah, Hello? okay Let's oh, take
0: sorry, a question yeah, sorry,
1: sorry. Mm. Let, let, Let's take a question here um, 224 is this Blair? Yes, two
5: my six. brother You. Yeah, you refers to me, so thank you so much for doing this every Saturday. And Brother Timba, thank you for the good work you're doing.
4: Uh, thank you, Vanessa. Thank you.
5: Yeah, we thank God for the work. And uh, uh, it's not really a question, but I think I'll put it a question in, in there. Mm. Uh, the, the thing with our, our nation, like you said, the challenges are huge. When we look at uh, mm-hmm. the, the program that were there, uh, mm-hmm. the first government that we had under UNIP, of course, and then we mm-hmm. had NMD and then we had uh, PF. So it, mm-hmm. the, the question really that we need to ask ourselves is, uh, number one, we've tried uh, different parties so far. We're on party number three. Mm-hmm. Right. And the problems are still growing. Mm. So maybe it's not the rider, maybe mm. it's the hope that needs to be, you know, worked on. <laughs> and thank you for doing yeah. <laughs> thank you for doing the civic work because what I believe is um until we get every Zambian to take ownership of our government, of our country, of our resources, mm. we are really beating about the boom. Mm. Because when you look right. at um These challenges, for example, uh, I think, uh, Reverend, you made a comment regarding uh, partisan politics, these uh, cadres, the way they behave. Mm. Uh This political violence Mm. thing, we need to do some education, even on that front, because I remember Mm. the way Simon Monsacapepui was treated, you know, stoned. So the violence is not just specific to one party has been violence from the beginning right? And we've seen What has right. happened in, Even to uh, I don't want to say these are political Assassinations but we've had uh, Issues with uh, people being killed Ronald Tenza, Temple, Yes All these things So when Zambians yeah. Engage politically We need to probably First educate Everybody that We are all citizens of uh, Zambia. We have a stake Mm -hmm. in our government, stake in our resources, such that even when you're negotiating with Vendetta or with whatever gold mining entity comes to Mm -hmm. Zambia, every Zambian should be part and parcel of that transaction. These are our resources, Mm -hmm. these are things that can build schools, that can better our lives. So We have a bit of heavy lifting to get every Zambian to engage first, to know what their civic responsibilities are and to understand Mm -hmm. what their constitution says. We have a beautiful constitution. Unless every Zambian understands their rights, their obligations, Mm -hmm. yes, we pay taxes. Why do we pay taxes? And what can we do to ensure that our tax dollars and our resources are used for our benefit instead of enriching foreigners? We've been enriching foreigners from the beginning. So I ask mm. that uh, maybe you speak to uh, why Zambians are reluctant to understand their civic responsibilities, because we are very quick to ask for government for help, but we never ask ourselves what can we do to. <laughs>
4: What we can do to you know, so make it better.
5: So yeah. I'll stop there. And that's, so that's not a big. Okay.
4: Thank you. The, I think it's a very good uh, point again. And hence Osida. It is precisely mm. the issues you've raised. Why OCDA? Um, Mr. Zoukas uh, and the people I, I mentioned who are part of this organization are former politicians. They worked in the UNIP government. They worked in the Chiloba's government. In fact, Mr. Zukas was a minister there. They've worked <coughs> in the Living um, Munawata government. They've worked in the, this current government like Mr. Bob who was with us was recently cabinet minister in the uh, PF. The question is why that as you rightly say, we don't seem to get off the ground like most other countries have done, uh, even within the region. They have improved their governance and so on. Uh, one thing that we, we I am aware of, we all still have uh, inherently weak constitutional arrangements. Why? It will surprise if I say we are still working on what we call the independence constitution. The constitution bequeathed to us by the British. That's the constitution we have today. All along, we've just tweaked little changes here and there, but it's substantially the same constitution. No country can afford to use independent constitution forever and ever. Every country that has, a, has an independent constitution which was crafted to allow for the transition has changed. They now have developed, if they're a democracy, a democratic new dispensation, a, a, a new constitution. In Zambia, you will recall, we've had numerous um, uh, processes to amend the constitution. I think we've had six or so commissions of inquiry. Why is it that even after this, we still are tinkering with the constitution? A case in point: in 2016, we thought we had arrived. We made what I would consider to be, and many many people consider to be, good constitution signed into law by the incumbent president. Why is mm. that exactly four so? years, we want to change it? It's the only reason why, and <laughs> that is my belief, is. PF want to create an advantage for themselves. Simply they want to create a provision for President Long to stand again in what we're calling third term. That's the whole essence of this amendment. So as long as we allow these kind of changes by politicians, we will never have stability in governance and so on. It is a major, major contribution to our core governance is this constitution. Yes, people argue that, yeah, but we do have a good constitution, not in all aspects, not in fundamental aspects. I believe we need to have a comprehensive discussion as a country and change the constitution, at least to reflect as closely as possible to a truly democratic, independent uh, country. And it's not the people. You know, people require good leadership to do anything, including amendment in the constitution. It's very difficult for people. The only way people react is what they did in Sudan to change the constitution, is what they did in Egypt, what they did in other Northern African countries. Unfortunately, that violent change does not create stability. No. no. We want to see if people can be patient enough simply by talking. That's why freedom of speech is very important, like I'm speaking now. To speak freely, no fear. Only then shall we engage and be able to convince our leaders that the best thing for this country, this country which is also good for them. A good constitution is good for everybody. Mr. President Lung wants to amend the constitution to allow himself a third term, right? What will happen if he lost the election? He'll be paraded before the courts, and you will be telling all sorts of things. This is will to be removed. That I can tell you. Why do something which you know is not good for the long term for you? So we have to endure. Uh, it's a slow pace. But the surest way of having a a Zambia we really, really need or or believe in, let us not focus on short-term successes. We need to have holistic change to the way we govern ourselves. And that is through a reasonably good constitution. By the way, do you know how many pages the Namibian constitution is? Do you know how many pages the African constitution is? I think one is 42, one is 54. Uganda, I think 47. Do you know how many pages the Zambian constitution is? 293 pages. There must be something wrong. There must be something <laughs> wrong. So, constitutional matters are governance issues, and for SIDA, it's a major focus of our activity. Governance. Mm.
1: Mm. Let's conclude our discussion here, Mr. Temba. We thank you for taking the time. What, how is OCIDA mobilizing international, and how do we get involved in, as diaspora? Thank you. And, Osida,
4: like I mentioned, we have developed a strategy to engage the people in civic education and so on. Now, how do we do it? We Mm -hmm. are mobilizing funds to be able to reach the smallest cells of political setup. What do I mean? If you look at the political parties they organize the electorates, and we are focusing on the electorates much more than just the citizens. they have wards, they have constituencies, they have districts. We want to replicate that purely on a non basis. We want to have, at a ward level, leaders of Warsuda disseminating mm-hmm. our messages. The same thing will apply to constituency districts and the parliamentary, I mean, uh, constituency level. We are rolling out those programs. They require a lot of money and funding, and we are relying purely on citizens to support us. That's why we've created the membership platform, supporters platform, and so on, both locally and in the diaspora, which will be rolled out, to seek support financially to be able to roll out these programs of civic education. That's one way we are trying to do it. caught to the new phenomena of communication, which is this thing we are using now, and the various media platforms. We want to roll out and reach every citizen in the diaspora, if we can, through this media, medium, and also in Zambia. You won't believe it today. The rollout of the, what shall I say, mobile telephones in the Zambia is phenomenal. Today you find mm. even a villager in Calabo has a third one. So we want very effective this media. It costs money, and we are appealing to all well-wishers, locally and internationally, to support Osita. I think this noble cause of uh, creating a paradigm shifting in the world of politics.
0: Okay, so that's so how, how, how plan we
1: plan. Okay, so how do we? Uh, you have, a, as Osita got, uh, how do we? Who do we get in touch with? If we want to get engaged uh, what, what platforms do we go to, okay. social media website? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Well
4: Siga has a website uh, and a platform which after fact for you Mer and your colleagues uh, through you will be sending out our uh, connectivity connections mm-hmm. through the internet and so on and so forth to our Secretariat uh, mm-hmm. otherwise. We are rolling out these membership schemes, supporters clubs, and uh, supporters, and so on, throughout the country. So we are trying to work out through the electronic media, and so to reach out. But those details uh, I'll be glad to share with you, uh, for okay. our secretary who has got all the details. That will be done soon. But we will go on the Osiida. Uh, we have OSIDA Facebook, which. We'll be announcing so that anybody who wants to reach us can use that platform. Where all the information about OCIDA, membership, programs, its vision, mission statement, everything is on that platform.
1: Excellent. All right. For those listening, OCIDA stands for our Civic Duty Association, OCIDA. And I believe if you search for that uh, uh, organization on Facebook, you should be able to to find it. We need to get engaged. The key thing here is uh, civic education. It's critical. It's crucial. Mr. Temba, thank you for sharing the thoughts and uh, taking the time to be with us today to discuss uh, wide range of issues concerning our, our country.
4: Thank you very much, Nathan, and I'm extremely pleased uh, that you gave us the opportunity to share with your colleagues there about our concerns, and I'm sure there is not with the concerns of many people in the Zambi diaspora who love Deal. and we will continue to engage.
1: Thank you very much. Excellent, excellent. You have a wonderful day, and we shall be in touch thank concerning to engagement. Yes, sir. Absolutely, I'm so delighted. Thank you very much, Nathan, mm-hmm.
4: thank you to the other callers who came in. I'm more delighted for White Council. And we do truly take into account those comments, you know, because Osida is new. And we want mm. to ensure that we take into account the various views and opinions and uh,
1: develop them. Thank Excellent. you. Excellent. Thank you, sir. So the name Thank of the... latter was our sure show, everybody. Thank you. Mr. Gilded is the founder and chairperson of our Civic Duty Association, in short, uh, Osida. So let's search for that on Facebook and uh, i believe a website so that we can get engaged and uh, ensure that uh, our country needs to have that transformation that is required in governance and good uh, uh, what you call it Uh, economic management and all those issues to do with that okay before we end here today we have a few minutes remaining uh, I, want, I, I want to read the statement. I had to, to write this down for me to, to just read it out. <laughs> let me first point out that uh, this radio show is independent of any political affiliation. Although, as individual members, we do support and we have that constitutional right to belong to a political party. There is nothing wrong with that. Okay, let me read this statement. ZBTra policy is that each each individual is responsible and accountable for the statements that we or they make. Uh, However, statements made lean on implying or giving the impression that that's a radio show's position, it's imperative that the notion is corrected or addressed. I am saying this because of what happened last Saturday. September 22nd, we hosted Dr. Fred Member, president of the Socialist Party. And during our review of the show of that interview, one of our colleagues made two statements which were not factual and unsubstantiated. That first, the first point is at the launch of the Socialist Party, the crowd composed mainly of Cubans. That statement was not accurate because (laughs) there was only one Cuban, and that was the Cuban ambassador to Zambia. Secondly, It was also stated that our Dr. Membe has been given money. Although all political parties are funded by well-wishers and supporters, both local and foreign international, that statement is insinuating that Mr. Membe has been bought or financed by foreign adversaries of our country. We do not have any proof of that, and we categorically state that that's not a position of Zambia
5: Block Talk
1: Radio. That's the end of my statement right there. Okay, please, everybody, note that each individual, every person has got a right to belong to a political party. And let me just say it clearly here, because it's a public statement. It's not. Okay, please, there's nothing wrong with my friend Roger saying it's UPND. It's not the thing. That's not the worst statement anybody can make in the world. All of us here have got political affiliation. Some of us choose to say it publicly. Some of us choose not to say it. So, my dear friend, I thought I should clarify that because I've received a lot of messages and there's a lot of things going on on social media that Zanga Block Talk Radio has become a UPND platform. It is not a UPND platform. Our, the members and those of us who do the work here we have a lot of contributors who come here like regularly. Matilda, Noah, uh, Doctor Gasonso, Doctor Patrick, and so. Which part are you going to say, Doctor Patrick is PF? Let me ask him. Maybe he's here. Doctor Patrick, where is he? Doctor Patrick, you've never told me if you are PF or UPND. Doctor
2: Patrick? yes, yes, <laughs> yes, Boy No, my my, time. my, 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 my. <laughs> My party affiliation is uh, the people of Zambia, yeah, in so. Zambia as well as the diaspora uh, family. And uh, I support any party that will stand and promote the eight principles in which we've talked about throughout the years. Yes. Yeah. So um, a party that promotes and will stand on those eight principles and then I will support them. But at the go. at the present time I do not have permanent friends of parties and I do not have permanent enemies of parties. I just have those permanent interests. All right, I like that. I do not
1: have people that purchase the people of Zambia. Eh? Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Let's go back in for Open Forum, and uh, that's, our, that's the time when we, we bring out our best eh, on Open Forum. Let's all call back and do that. Join us next week again as we continue discussing issues concerning our nation, Zambia. Well,
0: I said, I could go touch you, yeah, we we'll could drive around if I might push baby, pana, they say he like you, all I, like. I I kept you around, baby, pana, anywhere that you go, I could follow you to go, baby, pana, they say you like cassava, I get to pick cassava, yeah, baby, baby, pana, my love for you, you never die.